No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. gonna say tim out we all do our tim allen impression <laughs> whoa <laughs> that was a new sound from Barto. <laughs> damn is that Barto's real laugh and we've been getting his like for audiences laugh Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. I'm Charles, aka the Salmon of Knowledge. And and I'm Barda. What does that mean? And Wait, today. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got it. Yeah. You've brought it up so many times. I don't know what it means. I think it's from Irish folklore, but the first time I used it, I'd watched The Wicker Man the night before. Oh, okay. And there's, there's a part where, like, he's like, the cop protagonist is going through like all the shops and he like opens up someone's um, closet and he's like, what is this? What is this? And it's like a fish costume. And he's like, it's my costume for tomorrow. I'm the salmon of knowledge. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry, Riley. Oh, yeah. What are we doing this week? No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, I got to watch the wicker man. I've been watching all the paranormal. I've watched all the paranormal activities except for the Tokyo one. And the last one is totally a folk horror rip off so i'm in the yeah. mood anyway this week we're talking about 1984's return of godzilla next week is my pick oh, yeah. and i uh for what movie we're gonna watch and i put a poll on twitter uh and i thought i said it so that by now it would be ready yeah but so if still... anybody's listening right now you still have time to cast your vote if yeah that's what i was gonna to say vote, yeah stay in line <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's 29 minutes left. Currently, Monsters from 2010 is in last place with 19%. The Host from 2006 is in second place with 40%. And Nope from 2022 is in first with 41%. We're 1% off, folks. So we'll report back in later. So uh, go out go out there to at uh, NoGodsPod on Twitter and cast your votes. Vote for um, the host. Unless it is... I'm sorry. Is that is that putting my thumb on the scale? Wait, did you vote? No. I voted for Monsters just to be an underdog. I voted for the host uh, because I figured Nope was going to be a runaway favorite. Um, Barto, you have a chance to I voted. this now. I voted. Oh, shit. Who'd you vote I'm not for? telling you. Oh, my this God. Is, this is a... Are you Liberal trying to jeopardize the, democ- the democratic process of what's going on here? Anyway, we'll check back in <laughs> on what that is. Uh so next we're talking about that and then after that we're going back to godzilla i believe with uh 1989's godzilla versus biolante yeah which hell yeah we're in Wait, it folks we are in I it seriously, yeah like, that... no kaiju movies in i was thinking about oh, this i didn't actually check i didn't <laughs> check the list wait check what oh <laughs> no other kaiju movies in between i mean it's I mean, weird that there were no kaiju movies between 1980 and 1984 well, we're not doing every kaiju movie. Well, there's kaiju movie. movies, just not the big three. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Okay, hold on, hold on. We are professionals. I have it right here. 
Game Night Return. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Sorry. Next week, we're talking about whatever wins the poll. Then, we're talking about 1986's King Kong Lives. That's what I thought. Oh, yes. Thank you. I was just so hyped to talk about Biolante that I fucked that up. God damn it, Barto. Um, fuck you. No, King Kong Lives is amazing. It's uh. so good. Uh, we're going to do a little uh, freestyling now because uh, we don't have a Charlie synopsis. Someone was a bad, lazy, naughty, bad boy, to quote Barto. <laughs> the salmon of laziness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Knowledge doesn't so, really uh, matter that much if you're lazy and you don't apply it. <laughs> That's true. So uh, let's go in the order that we say our names. Does that work? Yeah. All right. One. Boat. Sails. <laughs> Across. Okay, the. South. Pacific. Runs. <laughs> no, it's a new sentence. Okay, sorry, sorry. Into. Godzilla. Scary. Violence. Ensued. Yes, I was so hoping you would say ensued there. All right, let's fast forward farther in the movie reporter stumbles into after words (laughs) 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 we don't need downs we don't need downs this is downs aren't needed (laughs) reporter stumbles into afterwards that's the sentence, yeah. <laughs> it's, Charlie's doing. I should. I forgot that Charlie's entire role was to throw us off our game, and so this is giving him so much power to get a third of the words. Uh, I'm not trying to throw us off. <laughs> no, that can't possibly be true. <laughs> I see things uh, in different ways than you guys do. That's what. That's what. That's. That's why we need you, dude. Boat. I'm starting a new sentence. Uh, uh, United States of America. Angry. <laughs> Charlie, we're building sentences. Is, okay, is. <laughs> Threatening. To. Nuke. Godzilla. And. The. USSR. Is. Threatening. To. Nuke. Goji. Japan. Says. Nope. They. Have. Cowardice. (laughs) (laughs) They. Built. Super. X. To. Attack. Monsters. I guess. I don't know why they (laughs) built it. We gotta like wrap this up now. Uh, Let's see. No. Godzilla. This can be the whole episode. Um. Attacks Japan. Then is lured to a volcano, which erupts and he falls inside the hole. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. I was trying to do the end, but that was way better. Okay. Did anybody do any uh, research they want to mention before we dive in? I did not. My research was spending 20 minutes trying to find my book to read to do research from. Uh, that's, Fair. That's Fair. bummer. I read Roger Ebert's review 
of I think the English language version. Um, Does he mention Ray Milan? Raymond Burr, <laughs> I think is his, oh. his name. Yeah, Raymond Burr. Okay. Um, um, do they do they get him to record new stuff for eighty four? Oh, yeah. yeah, he took it very that's, seriously. Oh, he was a. That's kind of yeah. Him. They were gonna make it like making fun of Godzilla, and he was like, "Fuck that! I'm not letting you do that." But yeah, Roger Ebert did not like this movie. Roger Ebert, like whose body we may or may not have already exhumed. Um, right, for normal reasons, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, listen to our episode on the original Godzilla, 1954. Uh, I read part of the book, The Kaiju Film, A Critical Study of Cinema's Biggest Monsters by Jason Barr. And I read a part of the essay, Japan's Anti-Kaiju Fighting Force, Normalizing Japan's Self-Defense Forces Through Post-War Monster Films by Jeffrey J. Hall, which is from the book Giant Creatures in Our World, Essays on Kaiju in American Popular Culture. But And I read like two paragraphs and I had to say all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Eber didn't like my next movie either. So Charlie won't tell us what his next movie is. These hints. Eating me alive inside. <laughs> Charlie, you had not seen this movie Mm-mm. before this, Mm-mm. so I want to know what you thought of it first. Uh, so part of the reason I didn't get a synopsis out is because I was, I don't know, I've been in a bad mood today. Just kind of like grumpy and really depressed uh, and unable to focus. And that was like, what my rewatch, how I was feeling during my rewatch, I feel like I have an unfair Opinion on it shaded by that. Sure. But I I don't know. I was kind of disappointed. I, I this is a movie I've been looking forward to because um, I always you know I was on the impression it was darker, which which it is. And uh, uh, one of the first scenes when he goes on the boat and like there's like corpses around and there's a monster. Like I feel like oh man, this is awesome. It's promising like kind of a horror uh, tinge to the movie and oh, man, look at this awesome monster. But then that horror tinge never comes back, and that that lice monster never comes back, and it never really lives up to what I feel like that scene promises me. It kind of, kind of let me down. Ultimately, I really liked all this stuff with Godzilla himself, but um, the human stuff I feel I was pretty disappointed of. Um, they really went hard and making it more dramatic, but ultimately it was, I felt like it was kind of boring. Um you know, with a lot of these movies, people complain about the, the human sec- segments, and I'm always like, oh, I don't know. They kind of tr- always try to put in, like, some... They always seem to put in some kind of wacky, fun, insane, weird plot that, like, I can have fun watching. But this one didn't even have that, and so I ultimately just found the human part of this pretty boring and dragged down the whole thing, ultimately. Fair. Um how about you, Bato? Uh, you know, in my head, going into this, and even the last time I watched this movie, I thought it was pretty good. But I I was also kind of disappointed by this one. I was thinking about how, uh, like, I agree. Uh, like, basically with everything that Charlie just said, like, the, the promise of kind of like a, a more horrifying... Uh, horror tinged movie was really cool but I thought like the sets that Godzilla was operating in were kind of flat and they Mm -hmm. like 
they I mean the it was weird though like the buildings were so huge but it also felt like he was standing on a soundstage more than pretty much any other mm. uh, movie that we we've watched here at least Godzilla movie it felt like the least like the bu- the buildings looked more like giant boxes than I, I, to me at least <laughs> you know it was like yeah you know when he fell into the building nothing came out because there's nothing in there because it felt like you know it felt the most transparently hollow to me that being said i actually liked i mean we'll get into it i probably but like i kind of like the like international conflict aspect of the plot of this um i don't hate the characters i like that there's another there's more synthesizer magic in this and that we get two (laughs) two movies in a row with synthesizer magic um what do you mean by that i mean that like their plan to defeat godzilla is to find the perfect note on the synthesizer and what are you talking about talking about what do you mean what am i talking about do you know what he's talking about, Charlie? I don't. What the fuck? They're, okay, so they... So, a big... Okay, so... Maybe we don't understand music as much as... Perhaps so. you just... Yeah, I think this is a music theory situation. <laughs> okay, well, I will, we'll pick that apart when you get into the plot. Wait, don't. No. Did you watch the American version? No. Are you, are you just talking about him using, like, the magnetic stuff to draw him? He, they watched the birds. You know, Godzilla Great is transported. By the birds, right? Uh-huh. Me and, too. And they're like... Maybe Hitchcock's finest. And they're like, yeah. <clears throat> and they, they think it's something having to do with the bird sound, but also a magnet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we catch up to... I, I forget the scientist's name, but he's like in a lab with a synth, essentially, and like a tape rolling that he's playing through a synth, I think, where he's trying to find the perfect sound... To like, I didn't realize that's what he was doing. I thought he was trying yeah, to make like the magnetic wavelength correct for him to follow. Yeah, but I think he was doing. He was using. I think he was using a synthesizer. Guys, I, I, let's guys, just say guys. he was. That's cool as hell. Magnets. How do they work? That's true. Good question. Right. Another music theory question. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't need to dive too hard into this right now. In part two, I was just curious what you meant because you brought it up before. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at it now, and sure enough, he is playing a synthesizer. Hell yeah. I just thought maybe I'd gone crazy. You both who didn't know. No, I love that. Good good eyes. Um, But yeah, there's like, I don't think this is a bad movie, but I realized that this is not um, the really fun, weird shit that we're kind of Mm. getting coming up. And like, again, a different kind of weirdness than we got sure. before but it, it is very yeah much, i mean oh, oh please go ahead it, it does sort of a good stepping stone into like the politics that a lot of these movies are going to sort of lean on yeah i'm gonna be the outlier here uh i agree this movie doesn't have the best action doesn't have the best characters doesn't have the best music or the best sets for sure but to me this is like top three or four godzilla movie i fucking love this movie um i 
loved this movie the first time I watched it. I think I like it even more now. It's to me just finally after ditching it after the first movie bringing Godzilla back as what he's supposed to be, which is like a factor that you're throwing into our world to make us look through look at our politics through a certain lens. And they almost never do it again. It's very rare that they do that. And that's the whole point of Godzilla. And at, at least originally was. And so I fucking love this movie. I have a great time watching it. I, uh, just to respond to you, Charlie, I was very surprised that you thought there would be zany character stuff. Cause that's the show era, baby. I'm not saying uh, I, I was, I was surprised by that, but I was just sure. saying there wasn't anything to replace that for you. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like they that delivered on the drama part of switching to the drama part i don't think they delivered it on being um enthralling enough for me to to that be sure. a worthy replacement yeah i was i i guess i was just reflecting i was like man in the show era retrospective i'm like i'm gonna miss the zaniness and y'all are like i can't wait for the new thing and then we get here and you're like i miss the zaniness <laughs> and i'm like what i liked this movie anyway it's just kind of funny whiplash but it makes sense um and a lot of people consider this the what do, what do they say in Jason Barr's book? Uh, often derided by critics and fans as a, quote, less fun Godzilla film, one that focuses on political and social hand-wringing rather than kaiju battles. Uh, so you're not alone, for sure. And I can I can sympathize with that. And I do agree. I think that there are really cool shots of the action that don't feel like a soundstage, but I think that there's this overwhelming perspective of downtown Tokyo that very much feels like a soundstage that they lean on a it's, lot. It's the, and, the shot yeah. where the Super X is like hovering kind of in yeah. the foreground and there's like a crowd of people and Godzilla and it all just doesn't feel real. Totally. Totally. I, to, I, God, I, I don't know if it feels more real or less real to me than like past movies, but I do think they did a better job of like intercutting real footage with it to make it look more real. This one, the real footage kind of looked like a different place. And then suddenly you're like, that highway is filled with a bunch of miniature cars. Um, so yeah, I, f I feel you on that. It's also weird. Like Godzilla grew from like 50 meters to 80 meters, but Tokyo grew yeah. by so many hundreds of meters that it's weird suddenly yeah. seeing him so short here. It feels strange. I, I cities have uh, cities tend to have bigger growth spurts than kaiju. <laughs> that's that's a scientific fact. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking about this where I'm like, I think Godzilla got bigger here, but he looks so yeah. tiny. What yeah. is yeah. what's like happening that's making me have this? The 80s, baby. Yeah. Skyscraper yeah. time. Ooh, 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 ooh. This is the uh, Japan suddenly trying to almost compete on the entire world stage was, as like a technological capitalist I fucking mean, tour de force. Were, were and they suddenly going they're like an economic boom at this time? Yeah. yeah, huge one. Like people, yeah. this is like getting close to Blade Runner time, you know, where the future is all Japanese logos and shit yeah. uh, taking over the world. So it kind of makes sense. It is interesting that you wouldn't think he grew, but it's just that everything else grew around him more for the scientific reason you said, Charlie. Let's do yeah. this. Return Godzilla's back, folks. Uh, what do we want to start with? I mean, can we can we just start with like the changes to the big guy besides, you know, I know we've been talking about he's he's bigger, he's taller. 
but he's also like yeah, totally much more expressive and his neck yes. does all this weird shit and uh and his face yeah. does yeah, yeah expressive is a good word i like this new design i, I like it a lot i do too his teeth are um, very sharp there were some like animatronic y looking scenes with his face where his head looked like a different shape that I didn't quite as much like, but the suit I really, really liked. Big old hips, he's yeah. thick. Yeah, I think it's a not really a big improvement. I, I it's an improvement on the suit. I definitely like it more and it seems more fitting if they're gonna take a more serious tone. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was definitely pretty cool. Um yeah, this is supposed to be like 80 meters tall. It was like 50 meters yeah. before, right? Yeah, correct. That seems like a much bigger change than what it really felt like. But like you said, like we've talked about, like buildings got bigger too. And buildings got like totally. You know, when- twice to three times the size. People got bigger. Multivitamins yeah. came out. Oh, man. Love me some multivitamins. People are drinking their milk. Gotta drink your milk. Everybody <laughs> loves milk. The I I was really actually I was kind of bummed because that first shot of him arriving in Japan and it like starts at his foot and it kind of like pans up and it didn't make him look big enough. I thought they could have done that like in a different way. That was one of those weird shots where it was supposed to be like like it was two shots right they did it up against a guy like in the foreground and then him and it was one of those weird tracking shots where like it didn't or panning shots or whatever where it didn't match up right and so it was really distracting and yeah i I agree with you there but i think his entrance when you see what you think is a whole island and then it starts moving up in the dark in the ocean was fucking awesome that made him look big i did think that was awesome but i also disliked how quickly it cut away from that and sure. even the cutaway itself, like, didn't feel natural. It, it, I don't know. Like, something about it, like, just felt, it felt off in the cutaway to me. Like, not just that I would have gotten more enjoyment out of it, but it just felt like, I don't know, there's something structurally wrong how quickly it cut away. I'm kind of, <clears throat> again, in the same boat with you, Charlie. Like, it felt rushed. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wanted something, I don't know. I Godzilla is back, you know. It's been yeah. It's been five years, and we're like really showcase. It feels like a showcase of like something, you know, like you know the the American posters like Godzilla is back, like you've never seen him before, and that's like sort of true. But also, mm-hmm. like they didn't just felt like they didn't like take their time in that first scene quite enough. And I get they're trying to like not show us everything. And I think that's good. I'm glad they didn't show us everything, but I, I I felt like they could have built more tension there and they just, they just didn't. I can, I can sympathize with that. I think my view is that like they were kind of, I think they chose a middle ground between like the first movie you don't see Godzilla for a long time, but then when you do, it's like over a mountain and you see him like fully and as a shitty puppet, but you see him fully. And in this one, they are showing him to you right away, but like as it's almost like it would have been ideal if people didn't go to a movie called Godzilla and buy the ticket. It's like if they went in and they're like, oh, what is that? Like it actually felt like a weird horror of 
people haven't seen Godzilla in 30 years and a mountain moves and maybe they can kind of tell what it is. Like to me, that's how it felt. And I liked that. But I do get that that's kind of ruined by the fact that, you know, it's a Godzilla right. film. Yeah. yeah. They, ain't, they ain't fooling me. Mm-mm. Yeah, Barca totally. Smart. I am. I, I might be smarter than the average viewer in 1984. That is, that is definitely yeah. possible. I don't think so. Not mm-hmm. smarter than Elon Musk. Not smarter than Elon Musk. Um, Do you know what his <laughs> opinion on this film is? He loves it. Great yeah, movie. He's looking into 10 out of 10. it. Looking into it. <laughs> he's looking into it. Uh, anything else with like, uh, yeah, how he looks, his shit. Oh, we should talk about, I I think this is supposed to be the original Godzilla. Like uh, the, the origin made it sound like this is the first Godzilla. No, you don't I think don't. so? So I don't think they actually make it clear in this movie, and it's because I don't think they actually have it figured out. Correct. They're giving themselves space. Yeah. But it's not the original Godzilla, I don't think. Well, I guess he falls into Maybe he is. So in the original, obviously it can't be really because his, like, body gets disintegrated in the original. You see it get disintegrated into bones. But I... The way they talk about it in this movie makes me think they want us to forget that. They're like, oh, he was awoken. They're not like, they're not like a new Godzilla is here like they do in Raids Again. They're like, Godzilla is back. So at least in this movie, it feels like they want it to be the same one. Well, yeah. And, and I think they, they do that through, uh, the Professor, uh, Makotoko, I believe is the guy I'm thinking of. Um, he he like talks about Godzilla as if he is um, like basically existing outside he is like a spiritual thing he is something that like exists outside of like the the natural world to a certain extent do you mean the lines where he's talking about how he's immortal yeah yeah, because he does then follow that up saying he is an animal. Sure, mm-hmm. right. Which, yeah, I think by immortal he just kind of meant age, I guess. Because um, yeah, I have a read on that. I won't go into now, but um, like I think he's he's trying to play in both worlds, right? And I think the film is too in regards to like what Godzilla, what is this theory sure. of Godzilla? Was he he what Godzilla as a sign of the end times is is how the professor explains him um totally yeah and if he was in our universe where there was a godzilla emerged every few years he would be he'd be sound real stupid right now (laughs) because he'd be like one of those those uh doomsayers who's constantly like oh the end of the year the end of the world's gonna happen uh on June eighteenth, and then June eighteenth comes, and he's like, "Oh, I meant, I meant uh, September nineteenth, twenty twenty four, and then they keep putting it off." That's what he would. That's what he sounded like to me. <laughs> um, according to Wikizilla, which I think I, this makes sense. I think they go into this later, but the Heisei Godzilla is an incarnation of Godzilla that first appeared in. Actually, I don't know. Cut that. I don't know what that means. I'm not looking into it deep enough now. But yeah, it's. <laughs> It's kind of up for interpretation in this one. Unlike Raids Again, where they're like, a new Godzilla came. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, I, I wasn't sure, but I was pretty sure it didn't consider all those sequels as canon. And him saying no. him saying that part is like, yep, that definitely confirms it. But yeah, just the first movie yeah. for all of Heisei, they're all uh, Heisei is all canon, and the first movie is all canon, and that's it. Okay, I, I remember reading something like that. Um, so I was kind of expecting that, but yeah, part of me was just like, oh, that totally. definitely confirms it that those for sure. all those movies never happened. I thought this movie had some cool, interesting connections to other movies. Um, I liked that we started with a ship, just like the original mm-hmm. movie. Um, this is the Yahada Maru number five, which the other one was or the. I forget what the original was. Fuck. But the the one it was based on was the Lucky Dragon Ooh. number five. Oh. So it's kind of cool they used a number oh, five. Interesting. And he picks up the train, which was a very famous part in the first movie. Thought that was cool. Yeah, he walks through the power lines, but this time he's like soaring, towering over them. That was like one yes. of those like indicators of like, oh, he's much bigger now. You're right. Um, totally. The uh, flares they shot at him reminded me of Varan. Do you remember that, Charlie? Where he's eating the flares, the flares in Varan, and they're on like they're on little parachutes, and they keep shooting him, and he keeps Keep, eating them. Yeah, <laughs> it totally reminded me of that. <laughs> But also, this movie is clearly the biggest, to me, is clearly the biggest uh, inspiration for Shin Godzilla. There are so yes. many parallels. I kept thinking about that. That too. is just like almost a remake of this, um, but for a new time, you know? Yeah. Just how focused it was on like international relations and... and Specifically international relations about nuking yeah. Japan. <laughs> and him falling asleep in the middle of Tokyo. Right. Oh, yeah. That also happens in Shin Godzilla. That's right. Uh, Totally. Yeah. I do want to go on record and say I don't think we should use Japan. That's... Um, You know, we could... could, As a podcast, we could take that stance. Absolutely. Okay. Officially. Uh, Where do y'all want to go next? I mean, like, the, the big bread and butter of this movie is, like the international stuff and also what Godzilla is or what he means because they like make some kind of like bold yeah. claims about what he means. Um, Let's start with the cold war international stuff and then go into what he means. If y'all don't mind. One thing that I found helpful, not knowing history as well as I should is just specifically who because obvious i mean obviously there's this like it's kind of japan versus the u.s and the ussr and the u.s ussr are paradoxically or ironically on the same side in this yeah um but uh it helped me to understand where japan was sitting at this time so are y'all cool if i read a tiny part from the kaiju film the book yes Possibly the most politically laden film in the franchise, The Return of Godzilla features a Japan that is whipped to and fro by circumstances well beyond its control. Not only the titular return, but also Japan's precarious position as an American ally during the Cold War. Skipping forward a little bit. During the Cold War, Japan had few diplomatic choices and functioned as a potential launchpad for an American strike against the Soviets. 
This meant that the United States was quick to pressure Japan to adopt a new militaristic stance in an effort to contain communism in China and the Soviet Union. Japan's, quote, anomalous position, unquote, uh, during the Cold War provided great economic benefits, but with the trade-off that the country had, quote, relative little weight as a strategic entity. This tension and a depiction of Japan caught in this squeeze fuels much of the return of Godzilla. So not only are they between these two countries, but they have like an agreement with the United States, which I think adds some interesting stuff to this. Obviously, both the Soviets and Americans were wrong to be just so, uh, you know, right away, let's let's nuke them. But I did feel like Soviets had more of a point to stand on considering they're right there and they're like the next target Godzilla to move on to from Japan, um, and they had a nuclear sub-attack. But the movie was trying to, I guess, draw an exact equivalence between the two of them, I thought, which kind of feels weird defending because I still don't think Japan had necessarily a point, but or Russia had a point, but um, I don't know. I feel like there is something more there for them to be more frightened of the prospect of Godzilla while the movie was trying to draw a direct equivalence between them and America, which seemed a little off to me, I guess. I I don't know if I'm really portraying that thought. um, Well, I mean, I I, I get what you mean in that um, like America is the United States of America officially is nowhere near Godzilla. Like why are they stepping in and saying, you know, we need to, launch a nuke at at them except that japan exists as like this economic hub for Mm -hmm. the united states to a certain extent yeah and a great strategic uh military right um point too right yeah i i i hear that i definitely think there's more at stake for uh the soviet union which as you said charlie doesn't mean they should nuke japan uh I do need to point out that the Soviet sub launched two missiles at the thing they couldn't identify. So it's not like they were completely oh, yeah. just victims uh, of the situation. Right. Yeah. By the way, do you do you all know about the American cut of oh, the yeah. film? What happens in this scene? I mean, I've seen no. the American do you cut want... a couple of times. It's... I've never seen it. I know what happens, though. But can, do you want to give a brief? So in the original version, a Russian boat that has like the nucle- nuclear launch capabilities that that launches a missile from a satellite in space is destroyed by Godzilla when it when he's coming into Japan and as a result a missile is accidentally launched from space that's aiming for Tokyo no good no in no. the american cut some mad Russian is just like ha 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 and like watches. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, maybe I'm remembering wrong. This was years ago when I read it, but I thought also at the arguing table, like the U.S. wasn't arguing as much to nuke Japan, but the USSR was like, "We gotta." Um, I if uh, I maybe I I'm might, wrong. I might be misremembering that too. I I don't remember that being changed, but I it. Don't take my word I, on I, that. I bet they took out some of 
his lines. Mm. That would I, I that would yeah. not totally shock me for sure. I, I wanted to ask something. Uh, the last point you brought up, Rabbit, where you point out that they shot missiles at, at Godzilla without knowing what it was, which I agree they shouldn't have done that. One because nobody should shoot missiles at Godzilla. That's right. Um, right. Come on. Uh, that's Mothra's but, boyfriend we're talking about. But do you think Godzilla would have gone after the sub whether or not they did that? Because wasn't the reason You're right. reason that he feeds off radiation? So he's like, ooh, nuclear sub. Which, by the True. way, what? Would the Soviets have fucking nuclear subs around in Japanese water? I don't think so. Probably. Right? I mean... It, probably. I mean, <sighs> wouldn't they have, like, U.S. shit all over the place, though? Like, Fair. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I agree. I also think no one should have nuclear subs, so yeah, it's a yes. wash. Um, I mean, in the end, both of these nations are uh, have tens of thousands of nukes at this point, and I and we all agree that like it's it's wild. But Japan's government looks pretty good in this situation. Yes. I'm not normally one to simp for Japan's government, but compared to these fuckers, not too bad. Yeah, it, it sounds like I'm coming off trying to defend the Soviets and just trying to draw like no it doesn't. differences between what their stance would be and what the U.S.'s stance. Would be. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, just trying to bring totally all considerations into light. Now, that doesn't mean in any way the Soviets are correct. Um, no, because nukes should not totally. exist. In my perfect world, the movie Oppenheimer by Chris Nolan would never exist because Oppenheimer would never have been able to create nukes in the first place. I do hear that. I also think that the way they are portraying the U.S. and the USSR is just these are the two world powers right now. Japan happens to be closer to the USSR. Yeah. If Japan, if the country that was making the Godzilla movie happened to be closer to the US, the US and the USSR would be at the table arguing about nuking it in this movie's depiction of how things work. Yeah. Um, I agree. But yeah, um, so, there's a lot to this, to this scene. I don't know what y'all specifically want to dive into, but it's a, it's a, it's a spicy round table it, they have. Was, I thought it was very funny. Uh, the U.S. ambassador came off as very flamboyant to me, which was uh, very just, unexpected. Just so annoying. He just, he just yeah. talked in the most annoying voice possible. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was such a good impression. I, I thought he was great. He was a perfect American. Yes, I agree. That. I watched the dubbed and the subtitled version for this, um, and the... I was so happy that the American was the same in both. <laughs> Thank God. Good. Thank goodness. Yeah, he was perfect. Yeah, I mean, the the U.S. and the U.S.S.A. immediately say, the U.S. says, the only way we can be absolutely sure of destroying Godzilla is using nuclear weapons, which is an insane statement. They don't yeah. know that you can kill Godzilla <laughs> with nuclear weapons, right? And the USSR is just like, yeah, brother. <laughs> I fully agree with that shit. And for the first time, there's peace between yeah. these nations. Yeah, I mean, if we that's how we get world peace is uh, the superpowers agreeing to nuke some other country. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Do, can, can you all help me out? Both times I watched, I couldn't catch. Somebody set asks during the meeting, how big would the explosion be? And somebody, it's either the U.S. or Japan, I think it's the U.S., but I don't remember, says, not much, about half the size of Hiroshima. Right. 
Do you I, remember who said that? Because that changes it wildly, whether the U.S. said that or Japan said that. It probably feels like it was a Japanese person, but I could be completely I kinda, wrong. Um, I thought it was during my first watch. My second watch, I thought it wasn't. I thought it was U.S., but I wasn't paying much attention. I was at work, so yeah, it was probably I, a Japanese I think it was, person. I, I don't think I... Okay. What a wild thing to put in the movie. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Um that's my dumb cop of the week. <laughs> wow, spoiler alert. <laughs> if I remember correctly, that actually comes up after the round table, like when they're like discussing mm. the options, but it it's when it's just the Japanese officials kind of talking to each other. Yeah, I think that's when they they ask about uh, it. Okay. But maybe I'm wrong. That that's what You might be right. That sounds it's, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is interesting that so the USSR and USA have this meeting where they're making demands of Japan. And it's very clear from the, the perspective of the filmmakers, they want Japan to look like in the middle, like basically being told they have to agree, like being forced to agree, which is an agreement, right? Like they're like, you have to agree to let us use nukes. And then the Japanese folks have a side meeting. Then they go back and the Japanese prime minister talks about the three non-nuclear principles, non-possession, non-production, non-introduction, and they want to preserve that. They get accused of egotism, and the USSR says we have a right to revenge, which is a wild right. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, the USA says this is no time to be discussing principles, which is also a wild yeah. statement. I love how hard they go against the USA and the USSR in this. Um, but then the Japanese prime minister gives a really good speech. There's no such thing as safe nuclear weaponry. Uh, should we use them even once, it would destroy the balance of power that it had, has made them a deterrent force. It would lead to the world's end. That is the nature of nuclear weapons. But then his speech that gets them to all agree, where he says, like, if Godzilla appeared in your countries, would you attack your capital? And then they agree. It's, like, incredibly optimistic and I find it very interesting that we don't get to see that. It's it's like they were like shooting the next scene after after they'd already shot those scenes and like, oh man, we should have had a more moving speech. <laughs> Let's just allude to that speech having happened. That's that's <laughs> one option there's, for sure. There's, um, there's this very kind of famous scene in the West Wing where um I forget what his fucking name is um but one of the one of the characters is like so mad at a bunch of like left-wing like anti-world trade uh organization protesters and they like have him like complaining about it and then going to like talk to them and then there's like a scene afterwards where everyone's like wow you should have seen him wow that crowd of people and make them you know like but there's no you know there's no like a possible world where like a bunch of anti anti uh yes yeah wto anarchist gets woed by a white house staffer on <laughs> but uh and it it does kind of fit with that, with both of what y'all are saying, because, like, he says the thing about there's the, – the prime minister says there's no safe nuclear weaponry. And then he says, like, isn't your desire to use nuclear weapons also egotism? And then there's, like, music 
that indicates and silence that indicates that maybe both sides are self-reflecting and already i was like no 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 (laughs) they would not care at all so to go one step further where they're like we agree with you prime minister it just seems too nonsensical to show and they just had to be like i said this shit and they were they bought it like i almost Uh, think the prime minister is lying to the people (laughs) at the table it might you know i'm um uh, I'm reading those LBJ biographies by, by Caro. Um, almost done with the fourth one. So if anyone wants to tell Caro to go ahead and release the fifth one, go ahead and tell him. If any of our listeners have connections. But yeah, I mean, LBJ will like tell people lies all the time about things that happen in conversations that if those people wanted to just like go and ask somebody else, they could easily, uh, figure out that LBJ's yeah. line. But so like I wonder how common that is if somebody if somebody in that kind of position <laughs> just completely just lie about uh, how great they are at selling this idea that completely transformed people's ideas. Cause I could definitely see LBJ in that position just yeah, completely just fucking lying about that <laughs> to to his other Totally ones. and I don't I don't think the movie is pushing that at all, and the movie doesn't make me think that. I don't but the think more so I think about it, the more I'm like, wait a second, maybe he was like, that's the most plausible. My, my note I, for that scene was just the prime minister owns the Soviet and American diplomats with facts and logic. With facts know? and logic. Like, that's what yes, that was. It, totally. Um, yes. And also, and, but and empathy and sympathy. Sure. Like it was an it was an appeal to emotion. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But also. I mean, and this is actually probably pretty true, but going by that that logic, it really paints these kind of um, high-up government officials that get these kind of jobs. It's just the most completely fucking dead brain, shitty people that he's he's bringing this up to them. Like, this has never crossed their minds before. (laughs) And it's like... Totally. How? I... This has crossed my mind before, before I've ever even seen this movie. Like a kind of moral question like this has crossed my mind. That's the beauty of it. We think of them as they are that brain Mm -hmm. dead. Like we all agree. Yeah. (laughs) But but the the conceit of this film is that like the American diplomat doesn't like have this like, well, of course we wouldn't do it in our country. Like, you are fundamental yeah. like we are a fundamentally racist yes. country and we actually think yes. you are different than us and like less mm-hmm. of people than americans are yes and yeah. like the conceit is that that japan actually is like so important and is like full of like has such a smart prime minister that it you could like just dis- you know, again, with, you know, uh, logical fallacy of appeal to emotion, but they could, they could like facts and logic away our, uh, our white supremacy and, uh, imperialist nature. Yeah. It's trying to have it kind of both ways, right. Of like, we are the victim and in the, in the middle of this fight between two superpowers who are so dangerous and so stupid that A, if we didn't tell them Godzilla would existed, the entire world would be blown up because they would have blown mm-hmm. each other to shreds mm-hmm. unless we leak the information, this picture of Godzilla. And B, that 
it takes us saying the most obvious shit in the world for them to understand, oh shit, you're people too, and we're people, and you wouldn't do that to you, so you shouldn't do that to I. It like wants both in this weird, optimistic way. Like I feel like a big part of this movie is is trying to like say we can do thing we can do the right thing pretty similar to how we're doing it now as it, as long as we don't follow the current path of major world militaries like every mm. like the main and this is getting a little off topic but the main characters are scientists and reporters which is classic for Godzilla nice. but they're scientists and reporters who are like Oh, their military thing, their military censorship is bullshit. I'm going to tell you the truth. And their military uh, way of blowing up Godzilla is bullshit. I'm going to figure out what the birds are doing and science will save us. And it's, it's very optimistic and not far off from the problems it's trying to tackle. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, sure. um, and in, in reality, these people, like I said before, like the kind of uh, psychopathic, sociopathic dullards who would never even consider something <laughs> like that. If you brought that up to them, they wouldn't be like, oh shit, you're right, I'm wrong. They'd be like, oh, totally. okay. Alright, well, it's time for you guys to take one for the team. Um, yeah. Too bad. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe... Or I, they'd I don't know, maybe you're right now, but, uh, whatever. Time for you to take one for the team, Japan. Sorry. Like, yeah, or not even... <laughs> think of them as people that have to take one. They'd just be like, it is a national threat. Mm-hmm. We have to take it out. You know, mm-hmm. like the idea that they're actually sitting at a table and listening to something someone says is so outside of reality. <laughs> yeah. It's laughable. Well, I mean, no, in reality, maybe they would have done that if, if uh, the press knew about it and they needed some pictures. Oh, I said actually listened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not, good, of course good point, they're going to show up. You're right. Yeah. Well, I think we should talk about the fact that they have nuclear weapons in space real quick. <laughs> Um, that's why we need a space force so i did some research this morning i forgot to mention it on uh this on the uh strategic defense initiative aka star wars reagan's initiative to blow up nukes Mm -hmm. from space because i think that that was pretty inspired this was pretty inspired by that interesting um march 1983 is when reagan announced the strategic defense initiative that's a year before this movie comes out. The idea is that they'll have things in space that will blow up nuclear weapons uh, when they're launched. Just so you all know, there was a treaty or an accord or something of 1967, I believe, that made it illegal to have nukes already in space. So this uh, in the world couldn't happen What by yeah. law, what they were doing. And also... Um, um, if you weren't aware, there's a trilogy of really popular movies called Star Wars, which is this kind of... Uh, named after as kind of a way to to sell it to, to people um yeah so a lot of nerds support by the way this. i don't know if y'all know but reagan hated the term star wars that was all the press oh really and like people who were against no it yeah. yeah reagan was kind of uh, like that's not a real would... movie you need to be with a, a chimpanzee for it to be a real respectable movie <laughs> he I do he was fun. always demanding people call us the strategic defense initiative that was totally a media thing from what i understand but yeah, it it's very interesting that the Soviets accidentally launch a missile and then the U.S. missile saves it. The There were a lot of ideas for the strategic defense initiative of what they could do. And it was like insane stuff like we'll use nuclear 
x-ray lasers or we'll use chemical lasers to blow them up like blah 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 but the most the idea that had the most traction early on was like called the kinetic ballistic missile and it was basically just shoot another nuke at it or shoot another Mm -hmm. missile at it which is what happens in this movie which is kind of interesting and we've we've tried a number of of systems kind of like that and they just resoundedly have failed like over and over even when you like you're like okay i'm gonna i have every bit of information i have like where it's going to launch from and what moment it's going to launch and like all of that shit and they still suck at shooting missiles out of the sky so yeah (laughs) yeah this this whole idea was like i'm watching this happen i'm like this is preposterous you know like there's no fucking way do either of you have like a cost estimate on star wars isn't like like a ridiculous amount of money we put into it and it's just horseshit. I I don't know, but I do know that there are arguments that the reason the USSR collapsed is because they were trying to keep up with with Star Wars. Um, they were trying to their budget. There are arguments that they they were going after because they were going. They had launched an idea that was missiles to get rid of our strategic defense initiative, um, and that that cost we just had more money. Um, but I don't know. It was it was in the hundreds of billions of dollars from what I understand. Anyway, there's definitely something to be said for the fact like at the table, this movie is making the USSR and the US, USA look pretty equal. But the fact that the USSR accidentally shoots the missile and the USA saves the day mm-hmm. does seem like they were like, OK, we got to lean toward the one we technically have an alliance with. Um just seemed like the safer choice, I guess, for them yeah. politically. I don't know. I, I feel like it would be more likely if um, a ship in uh, Japanese harbors had a nuclear missile um, uh, abilities. It would probably, in reality, be more likely a U.S. ship instead of a yeah. USSR ship. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But totally. This film kind of like... It it was it was, I had I had such strange ideas about like what they were trying to say about how Japan is different because they were definitely doing that you know and in my mind they were like we're listening to the birds we're like taking cues yeah. from nature with how to defeat Godzilla now they also had this like giant flying Ooh. war machine. But I, it, yeah, it felt like there was like they were trying to do this like we're more holistic sort of look. Yeah, look at things. I think they wanted to have their cake and eat it too, as far as saying, blame them. Look at the technological prowess that we have right now, but also look how messed up it is that we can't properly defend ourselves so the technological prowess doesn't work mm-hmm. if it's militaristic. Like, don't worry, the JSDF can save us. Oh, shit, we didn't realize Godzilla was here because there was fog. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or we built the the Super X. It's amazing because Godzilla can't melt it, but it also can't fight Godzilla. Like, they had to try to... <laughs> be somewhere in the middle speaking of can can i can i sidebar on the uh, super x just for like a second mm-hmm. totally why do do you guys have any thoughts of like why it exists in the first place it sounds cool seems yeah. cool we have a flying fortress called super x yeah that does pretty sound cool. pretty cool 
But like, yeah, it did. It did. It even have weaponry before Godzilla. I think Cause, so. Because when Godzilla, when they were talking about Super X, they're like, we can equip it with yeah, cannons yeah. and stuff like that. Fight Godzilla missiles or whatever. Yeah, cadmium. Yeah, I I took it as, don't worry, Father Japan has been taking care of every option. So when Godzilla first appeared, since then, we've been making sure that if he appeared again, we had something he couldn't melt that we could fight him back with. That's actually a perfect reading. And that was what I was hoping someone else thought. Because I thought it looked suspiciously like the the sea lice, like the, the the, the thing. And both like the sea lice, you know, bloated by feeding on Godzilla. So has the, you know, uh, budget or whatever of the uh, JSD, the Japanese self-defense forces also looking at Godzilla, bloating up, building this weird (laughs) flying, uh, hovering machine. I don't know. I just, I just thought like, this feels, it looks so much like one of the, the, it's not called sea lice. What do they call it? It is called yeah, sea, sea louse. Yeah. Louse. Um, Thank you. Louse I, is one, lice right. is plural. Thank you. Th- that was um, one thing I was actually disappointed about because before this I saw, I think on Letterboxd or something, they have a still from the movie and the, that's like the ship like hovering over like the sleeping Godzilla or something like that. And like I did, I couldn't like completely tell that that was a ship. Um, so then watching like the first scene with that sea louse, I was like, oh shit, there's actually going to be another monster in this and that there's going to be like a bigger sea louse that fights it. Oh, and that's yeah. what that, that still I saw was. So I was kind of like let down like, oh, it's just a, some stupid ship. I'm so glad there wasn't. There are like three Godzilla movies out of fucking 36 where there's not another monster for him <laughs> to fight. I, I, I don't get why you have a kaiju podcast, but you don't like kaiju. I lost. <laughs> yeah, I that's interesting. I wrote down that the Super X looked like RoboCop's head. Um interesting. But, you know, to, tomato tomato. Yeah. I I feel like we're getting kind of close and I have some like bigger statements about the movie I want to make, but first I wanted to take a sidebar and just check in about what you thought of like the main characters. We have Goro Maki, the reporter Naoko Ukamura, uh, she worked for Professor Hayashida and is Hiroshi Okamura's sister. We have Hiroshi Okamura. Um, those are like the main three thoughts, um, if anything. Is it normal for reporters I... to just get really involved in the lives of people who they did <laughs> stories on in Japan? Because it feels like um... that happens a lot in these movies. I mean, is it normal for the guy who was the only survivor from a Godzilla attack to be to have his sister work for a guy who's been studying his uh, Godzilla his whole life and then be like friends with another guy who was I forget what the bioscience guy knew him to who was studying. Yeah, small world. And is it normal like 50 people? (laughs) <laughs> yeah totally is it normal for the survivor the only survivor of a Godzilla attack to have a sister that's that's a, a babe that the reporter wants to um, pursue relationship wise fair question 
Fair question. Probably more normal than is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just, like, weird weird <laughs> stuff. Like, why did um, the guy who survived the Godzilla attack show up in that helicopter to rescue those guys? Like, why was he there? Why? Yeah. Like, yeah. it seems kind of irrelevant to, the, <clears throat> to that operation. You know, there's... That's I, true. And at that point, I don't know, they were actually very, uh... They had a very large, like, Kamart, and I can pronounce that word right. I know. I'm so curious what word this could be. Give us a hint. We'll help you. Camaraderie. 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 That's right. There you go. <laughs> Start the sentence over. Uh, much larger camaraderie than they they kind of like had leading up to that because like I don't know. There's been like a big distrust. Which I never even fully understood the distrust between them and the reporter guy. Um, and then all of a sudden they're like trusting each other's lives and his sister life with, with him. Um, it, they sort of like implied the reporter like kind of tricked his way into the hospital yeah. by telling Yeah, him. well he like he, he manipulated I feel like I get it. He he was the only one who would tell her the truth that her brother was alive, which is awesome. But then he took advantage of their reunion by bringing a reporter in to take pictures of their reunion mm-hmm. to put in the paper, which is like kind of manipulative. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he did manipulate the whole situation, but I also was kind of like, yeah, but he's also the only person who would tell you about your brother. Like, yeah, it's kind of shitty, but. Um, I don't know. Your reaction seems to be kind of more extreme than it should be. <laughs> I, I would I don't be a hundred percent with her. Hundred percent with her. You, her. I was vulnerable with you, and you were telling me you were doing this nice thing, and it was for your benefit. I'm totally with her. Um, it wasn't just her. Her and her brother. I, I felt. I, I don't know. Uh, it felt more angry than it should. I, I do think there should be some like that's kind of fucked up, but. I don't know. It felt more extreme. I, than it all just felt kind of awkward to me. Like I couldn't figure out what the dynamics between anybody like were. You know, again, he just kept like sh- the reporter just kept like showing up and just like mm-hmm. we're still hanging out, right? You know, yeah. he like it. It felt like both like that homie you got, who all the rest of your homies are like. Is he really still around? Is he still like you like kind of like like talk a little shit about, but are like afraid to be like, no, please don't hang out with us anymore. This is getting weird. Um, but also, yeah, like they invited him. In, you know, ultimately they like told him all the shit. They like they they looped him in with like the the scientists at least like looped him in with like all his thoughts on the matter and i I don't know i couldn't like figure out what dynamic they were trying to i mean yeah go on i'm sorry no 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 i i think that it makes sense to me that he really cared and was trying to get the truth out, trying to help this person, and then was invested in the story and trying to see what happened. But it makes sense to me that, like, 
they don't know him well yet, their brother and sister. So if the first thing they see is him bringing in somebody with a camera, suddenly they're going to be like, oh, does this guy care? Or is he just capitalizing on us? And they would rightly be not sure. But then slowly they see that he cares. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it does have some of that general uh, Godzilla movie like, well, they're the main characters, so they're there mm-hmm. kind of yeah. thing to it that you kind of just have to accept because it's silly. My biggest issue was that there was kind of a weird forced romance between Goro Maki, which, by the way, another Goro, so many Goros <laughs> in Godzilla, <laughs> a good name. and Naoko really Ukimura. Cool and it was just a bummer to me that she became like a damsel in distress. And not just that, but one that he's like shoving around all the time, like grabbing her and yeah. moving her. And it was just like really off-putting and especially in a series where you'd think they'd be way ahead of this by now with some of the roles women have had it was a bummer yes. yeah i mean she just wasn't um she didn't it didn't feel like she like had anything to do on her own at all yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah i mean her her most heroic moment was letting the old guy go first onto the helicopter and letting herself be in harm's way. But all she's doing is then putting herself in harm's way. She's not like acting in a positive right. sense. Right, 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 right. She's, she's, I mean, as like a plot device being given more examples or more opportunities rather to uh, be rescued or whatever, you know, as because if she got onto that helicopter and then, you know what's the motivation for like the reporter yeah. to like keep doing cool stuff? Yeah, I forgot. Can one of you refresh me? Like, uh, why does the both of them not get on the helicopter? Turbulence. What happened? The okay, the air got too hot or some too shit. Choppy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was very annoyed in the scene where Goromaki said to her, like, are you scared? Like, this is not like you. It's like, first of all, you just met. Second of all, a Godzilla and a nuke are both headed toward you. Who is going to be like themselves? Like, what do you... That was the other thing is, like, the nuke was coming and they were all like, yeah, the Americans will get it. Don't even worry. (laughs) I'd be like, what the fuck? Hell yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. It's very strange. It's a very good point. Very strange. Like there was this chance from a screenwriting perspective to like create tension to be like we're all freaked out and like you know the government the the people in the government were much more freaked out than our our guys on the ground who again were just like whatever. I'm sure I'm sure to the American fair- missile will get it. She was worried about it, and I didn't believe him when he said the missile won't hit us. I took it as him being like, I have to be brave and say the uh, missile won't hit us because yeah. I have this woman but, here who's who's so fragile, you know? I mean, he still didn't seem to be that worried. Like, I did kind of read sure. it that way, but also, like, I did feel like that was the intention, but I was also kind of like, man, he would still be more fucking scared. Sure, <laughs> um, sure. Uh, another thing about the relationships in the beginning when the professor talks when uh, the reporter first meets him and he, he's like you hate Godzilla because uh, he killed your parents and that's why you've gone you know into studying Godzilla or whatever uh, and the guy's like yep at first that was the case 
I thought there was going to be more of an exploration of um, the sailor. I don't know their names. The, the sailor survivor uh, of him. Uh, Hiroshi Okamura, who also says, like, I have to vent my rage and anger against yeah, Godzilla. Yeah, he's all he about he like, have a being art. pissed off about, about Godzilla. So, I'm like, obviously, they're just going to do, like, a mirror where he realizes mm. humanity is um, the true monster. But they don't explore that at all. And that seemed like a very obvious miss for the writing. Do sure. either of you think that at all? Yes. It, it, it's another kind of wasted opportunity. There's a whole bunch of, you know, again, this is a thing I complain about a lot in these movies where where they, they set them up and then they just don't knock them down. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I took that line as trying to connect to the first movie, the original and have it be that the scientist not only does he think that actually maybe I have some sympathy for Godzilla and I don't hate Godzilla anymore, but he thinks that despite the fact that his parents were killed by him, it was like kind of this nice addition and complexity added to the uh, scientist from the first movie. But I do agree, like at the end, you have this tragic death scene, the classic, you know, Godzilla's dying, we should all be happy, but it's tragic music, he's dying, it's, you know, it's not Godzilla's fault. And the scientist, uh, which one was it? I think it's Hayashida, looks very distraught. But the the two, uh, like Okamura and Maki, and I can't remember if we see the other one, but they look fine. They're like, yeah, <laughs> we did it. Like They're not like celebrating, cheering, but they have a smile of like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, so yeah, I feel you, Charlie. It would have been nice if they also came around to this old professor of biosciences viewpoint. Yeah. I don't know. It just could have added more depth to this film. There could be something yeah. else going on here. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of, they just bungled it. Yeah. And I was also kind of like, because I expected that to happen, I was like kind of looking for that. And then I was second guessing myself after the film. Like, did I just miss it? Uh, was I not paying full enough attention? Because <laughs> like, I no. thought that was just like such an obvious thing that they were going to follow. Um, but yeah, they, they chose not to. We We talked a lot earlier about the like it's it's hard for me to fo- figure out where this film lies in terms of the Japanese government because there are things in the movie that feel like it is tr- like it's obviously trying to show a view of Japan as a country being in a precarious and fucked up position because of these world superpowers that have nukes and shit and it also is like kind of trying to show like that we can do it better like our ingenuity save the day with this uh this scientific magnet thing blah 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 and we have the super x it's not as bad as nukes but they also had all the stuff about the government censoring the press where the characters are loudly being like all the more reason to hate the government how the government handles things and i can't believe the government's ignoring the siblings love in the name of state secrets that's wrong do you all have a take on that it was interesting to me i kind of felt like the movie was arguing that the government had a reason to censor it um because the only person who disagreed with that logic was the kind of pig-headed reporter who was only obsessed with getting his story and the next kind of development we see with him as a reporter is as we mentioned manipulating um 
the survivor and his sister into getting the story. And so I don't know. It kind of felt to me like the movie was saying that, and then like they have like the like other reporters are kind of like instantly saying, "Oh, um, you know, they want to uh, avoid riots and uh, panic and stuff like that." So it did feel to me that the movie is kind of like partially arguing it was the right thing to do for the prime. I mean, in general, it seemed to be arguing for the prime minister, like backing the prime minister through the entire thing. Yeah, I sure. I, I, I mean, it almost felt to me like we treated like the government had a character arc where like where they at some point where they were censoring it and they're like, well, we have to they at one point they have to do the right thing and they tell all and they tell all the truths mm-hmm. because they are looking out for you is sort of the the whole position the film seemed to take on the Japanese government is they've got your back. And even if it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they have their back. Oh man. They like it they have their reason. Yeah. And and when there's kind of like people in the government who are who maybe suggest something that doesn't have your back, the prime minister ultimately has your back and he will kind of like shoot their da- shoot them down or override them. Yeah. I I just I see what y'all are saying but I can't buy it at all. Like Goro Maki, Naoko Ukamura and Hiroshi Ukamura are the heroes of the movie. They don't have an arc where they realize that this that they were wrong earlier. They don't like like I don't I can't imagine that this movie wants the brother and sister to be separated. Wants the sister to not know that her brother's alive. Wants the reporter not to tell the uh, uh, Naoko that her brother's alive. That just doesn't feel right. Like I feel like there's something more, something more happening. Like that both are true. That like it's more arguing that like yes, the prime minister will do the right thing in this one instance. But obviously, based on who we've chosen as the heroes, he's not doing their government isn't doing the right thing in this instance. Can you rephrase this like in a different way? Like, what did, what do you think this means if it if the film actually has oh. like a coherent position at all? I don't think it's coherent. Okay, fair. I do have some thoughts I think are coherent, but I do I think that those two thoughts clash in the film and can't be reconciled. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you could reconcile it. If you're willing to say that, like, yes, there are hardships, but, like, we, you know, like, following basically their, the brother and sister getting back together, it is, like, um, a whole sequence of, like, Japan is coming together, you know, there's, like, you know, to protect ourselves from Godzilla, and it's, like, all these, like, shots of people, like, on boats and pushing buttons and pulling levers and um this proves my point this proves my point because they say we can't tell the world about godzilla because stocks will fall political uprisings will happen there will be social panic and what happens when they tell the world about godzilla we come together we are fine we unite so their their reasoning was absolutely not what the movie okay. showed as happening. It's the opposite of what the movie showed as happening. So the the gag orders by the police and the coast guard were for the wrong reasons, and the government was wrong. Hmm. Yeah, but I think the way it shows the prime minister is such a sympathetic position throughout the entire thing. That you're supposed to believe that even if he was wrong, he was ultimately 
believed in what he was doing, I guess. Um, yes, but I also think that there's a reason that they said that the paper was given a gag order by the police and the Coast Guard and not. They, if they had directly said the prime minister says we can't talk about this, then it would be fully coherent. I buy that. I buy that. It's totally incoherent. That tracks with me. I don't know. it. Which... I can't tell which one you're saying, but also it's fine either way. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it tracks from me that basically the, the film is of two minds about this date. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I feel about that it. Wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me one bit. Like, I think that they want to be critical of their government a little, but they want to be critical of the overarching big brother governments more. And they're trying to do both. And it's hard to do. <laughs> yeah fair like our government's a victim of these governments but also our government's kind of bad but look at these other governments they're so bad (laughs) which is fair for not being one of those two big governments you know and godzilla is kind of that too you know not so much in this film when they really don't like get into that you know again you're supposed to like kind of feel sympathetic for him at the end as as he falls in the volcano and the music plays but there is this like Oh, Godzilla's bad, but like also, you know, like these other monsters are bad or the, you know, like, oh, he's just kind of like a victim of, you know, nuclear, like nuclear power or whatever. Like he's it's it's sort of like this weird balancing act that is like oftentimes kind of incoherent ultimately. But yeah, like he's a victim of it and he is it. Yes. Is this a good time to to go into kind of what we think the conclusions are of this movie? Like, like what is Godzilla, or like what? What is what is? Should, that's one of them. Sure. What does it all get to? What is the? Sure. What is Godzilla? That's a good first question. I mean, he's the he's a kaiju. He's our big green boy. Nailed it. He's a nuclear <laughs> weapon kaiju, and he doesn't take no for an answer. I can tell you that. Much. <laughs> I mean that they, they did this. Uh, I wrote like Godzilla as a sign of the end times. Feels like a big idea to resolve. Will they do it? And sort of, you know, Godzilla is there because, in the context of the narrative, he's there because of the nuclear weapons that mm-hmm. are being yes. used to, you know, or destroy him ultimately like you know it it's like an ouroboros type effect yes. going on um yes, yes. Uh. and you know it does not feel like you know like when he is dead or falls in the volcano you know like the threat's not really gone like all the things that like he yes. appeared yes. to symbolize are still there. There's one less of them. I guess two less, but out of, you know, 10,000 yeah. or whatever. Um, and the air is radiated after the American one blew up the Russian one. And Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not like, that was part of what made this feel a little like hollow to me. Like like the, the big empty buildings behind Godzilla is that like, Godzilla didn't feel like he had a real point because when he left, nothing had been solved. And it felt like he was there to solve something or at least make us aware of a of a problem. And in, 
I guess he sort of did, but like the way they set him up was to be like, we have to solve this problem or at least bring it into focus in some way. And we didn't really do that. Like Japan still sits in this weird place where like there are thousands of nuclear weapons all around us. And we've not like really acknowledged as like a world that there was this like incredibly massive tragedy that happened just after two of them 30 years before yeah like 30 years earlier you know like can i can i respond i'm squirming so hard you thought of so much i want to respond to no 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 i just mean i'm so excited to respond to some of this uh okay so first you brought up the uroboros and that really reminded me of this this uh this section from the kaiju film that i want to read uh as the first point not the Anyway, uh, as critic Chan Noriega wrote in 1987, quote, the monster created by the bomb requires the bomb to kill the monster, end quote. An astute observation that reveals the ridiculous circular logic that powered much of the Cold War. Only more missiles can stop more missiles from launching. As Godzilla awakens and continues his destruction, the message is clear and the fear is palpable. This reawakened Godzilla, once again a walking symbol for nuclear aggression, is the result of Japan's being caught in the middle of an absurdist chess match between superpowers. The situation is ultimately one over which Japan, its politicians, and its citizens have no no control. And I do think... That that is the reason that this is such a less satisfying ending than the original. Because in the original, there was some hope that Japan could have a say in what happened or could influence people in what happened. But in this one, Godzilla is described as, uh, Minami, I think, says, When the world becomes unbalanced, natural disasters occur, and even monsters appear. We've seen this in many mythologies. Godzilla is truly a sign of the end times for humanity. But then Godzilla is described as both immortal and as an animal. And the movie, it seems purposely, because those lines are right next to each other, cannot decide which one he is. And I think the reason for that is because the movie doesn't know whether Godzilla can ever die forever. Godzilla came back again because there's a new monstrous human-created existential threat to the world, again involving nukes. This time it's not the fact that Hiroshima, Nagasaki, and the tests happened, but this time it's this mutually assured destruction, which is so fucking gnarly. Like, the whole... The mutually assured destruction is such a fucking insane thing to happen. Uh, So nature's out of balance, so... Godzilla's back. It's not clear whether he's immortal or not. And the decision, the way that they beat him is absolutely a band-aid. Like, there's only so much that these people can do. They bury Godzilla to put his threat on pause. But as long as nuclear weapons exist, the existential threat of Godzilla will exist. And we can never say he's fully dead. Like, it's almost saying that humanity has gone too far. Like, the, the fact that in the movie they purposely showed that two superpowers the most powerful entities probably to ever exist on Earth, decide not to use nuclear weapons and one goes off anyway, feels like a very strong statement that the existence of these things is the problem. And no, even though they have this diplomatic solution and this optimism, like, they have this optimistic thing where he says, oh, we'll, like, think about it from our shoes. And they're like, oh, we won't shoot him. That feels very optimistic. But the missile goes off anyway. Right. Like... 
it's actually that the superpowers are threatening the world. They're only looking out for themselves. And even when they're on your side, they can't be trusted. And I think that's, it's just like a pretty nihilistic fucking position. But it, I, I think it plays it pretty well, personally. Sure. I mean, I guess this makes more sense if you, like, when I looked, when I, like, watched Godzilla fall into this volcano, I'm like, well, I guess it feels like not like uh, both doesn't feel temporary and also doesn't feel important to me. Like, it, sure. It, 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 uh, so it, it didn't feel like, you know, again, like, yeah, this threat is like always here, but like, but it, yeah, and that threat being nuclear weapons, not that threat being Godzilla because Godzilla just fell into a fucking volcano. Like as far as I know, he's goo, you know, I don't, like and and obviously I'm you know we get more Godzillas after this Godzilla didn't turn into goo but uh we don't know yeah, that maybe you could have solidified yeah, true I don't know but I don't know it was like Godzilla as a you know it's just him it's just him and it felt very unsatisfying as a metaphor to me because like Godzilla is sure. if nothing else a poignant metaphor at as you know, as like a, a raison d'etre, uh, but but uh, it just it just kind of like fell flat for me in this movie. And I guess and that I don't makes think sense. anything you said I, was wrong. To be clear, I'm just sure, sure. I guess the the reason I liked your Uroboros thing is it's like the movie starts with a volcano going off, and so he appears, right. and the movie ends, and he falls in a volcano. And it's just in contrast to the original movie, I think it's really like poignant that they're like, okay, we were really optimistic. We thought our movie would end nuclear weapons. And now we're realizing not even the destruction of Godzilla in a volcano matters. Mm. Like it, it almost, the, the fact that you aren't satisfied is to me, oh, so spicy and delicious. <laughs> uh, but I totally understand why to so, that could also be taken as just not satisfying. No, no. And and if you told me that the the people who made this movie were making it so cynically, like we've we have like constructed this this film to make you feel cynical about Godzilla and about Godzilla nineteen fifty four specifically, then you, you know what? They were very successful. And that you know, cool idea. And um, I just I'm just not sure that that's actually what happened. Uh, oh, I haven't thought a second about what, if the, this is what they wanted. <laughs> I don't know what that even means. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I mean, I think the big basis of what Godzilla was supposed to represent, what I felt was, uh, you know, what the professor said about how ultimately. He's not really the monster. Mankind's the monster for creating him yes. as, as just another nuclear weapon. Um, but then we see, I mean, like I said as we've said, like their solution automatically, whether or not they know it's going to work, is to attack him with nuclear weapons. And um, another thing about it is we see that creatures have fed off his radiation to become giant creatures themselves so theoretically even if they could destroy 
I feel like that's trying kind of saying even if they could destroy Ooh. Godzilla with nuclear weapons, they're still creating such a good um, point wild card weapon destruction that just more Godzillas could rise even from that destruction and even and that's just saying whether or not they could destroy Godzilla because even though they they couldn't destroy Godzilla that that still could have the same result of creating new new creatures that feed off that destruction radiation to be yeah to even feed more into the Ouroboros uh, situation not only in Ouroboros but like a we have like a fractal uh, effect now. Gradually growing. A hydro situation. <laughs> yeah, hydro Ouroboros. Um, Hell yeah. yeah. No, yeah, totally. Hundreds of heads eating hundreds of assholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I like know. that. Yeah, I think the movie is confused and it's like one of the Ouroboros hydro's heads could be sent and deployed to kill a different Ouroboros Hydra's head, mm-hmm. Hydra head and yeah. save us all. But also there's probably more Ouroboros Hydra heads elsewhere sprouting yeah. off. I feel like part of the um, thesis or meaning behind that famous Twin Peaks Return episode where they like, uh, it like goes back to like the creation, the testing of the first atom bomb. Episode eight, baby. And um, yeah, episode eight. And like, I feel like it's kind of saying that that, ultimately unleashed like some kind of evil into the world uh, or universe that wasn't there before and so like kind of going by that same logic like just the nuclear weapons that created Godzilla in the first place created a monstrosity that we cannot ultimately put a cap on because yeah um, it's will ultimately go on any solution that our governments come up to deal with it is going to be a solution that creates more monsters, even if it's a solution. Even if it does end up being a solution, a temporary, it will just be a temporary solution that creates more evil. Totally. And like, if we're talking about hydras or or, or Ouroboros sprouts or whatever, there's tens of thousands of nukes at this point compared to when the Mm -hmm. 1954 one came out, like even on a literal level, um, but also, yeah, I I do think the movie is very much, as I mentioned earlier, trying to focus on heroes who don't think militaristically. Mm-hmm. Like, they're thinking that by following the flocks of birds and by going against the censorship. But I also think that it, it whether it means to or not, it can't help but recognize that the trend, the world's dominating trend is militaristic. Mm-hmm. And is in the same mentality that caused Hiroshima and Nagasaki and, and the Bikini Atoll tests, etc. Kind of as a sidebar to that, about uh, heroes being, not thinking militaristically. I wonder if that kind of fits in with the prime minister. Like one of, he talks about how they need to evacuate Tokyo. And the general is like, we don't have any time to do that. And he's just like, are you fucking stupid? Just, we have subways. We have like underground yeah. shit. Just put them in there. Like. It's not just about escaping the city. It's about protecting, finding any way to protect them. Um, I, I wonder. Classic harm reduction, which yes. I don't think the military is super into, but classic harm yes. reduction. Just like, exactly. what can we... <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally. Yep. All right, who wants to start with Dumb Cop of the Week? I, I mean, the American diplomat for having the most goddamn annoying voice of anybody <laughs> in like, any Godzilla movie ever. Hell yeah. Who did I say oh, yeah. earlier? Oh, yeah, I don't remember. you did say someone earlier. 
I don't remember it, either. Oh, it was the guy like, who said it was just uh, half as big as Hiroshima or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck that guy. <laughs> Hell, yeah. I'm giving my dumb cop of the week to in the scene where uh, Godzilla gets towards the harbor and then, like, does just, like, pans and and burns like all the machinery there's a cop that just all of a sudden is in front of the camera on fire and (laughs) all cops are dumb but i like that that cop was on fire so (laughs) dumb cop of the week uh praxis award i'm giving it to the dude who looted the fancy restaurant yeah. yeah yeah so cool to like you know i know it's it's 1984 that was year a couple years before I was George even born, Orwell, but like I see myself in people from then, a different <laughs> nation. It's so cool, and cinema is amazing. <laughs> um, I think that was yeah. a famous comedian at the time oh, cool. who was in that role. I don't know why I think uh, that George Carlin. Yeah, yeah, it was George, George Carlin. Carlin. Oh yeah, I saw him at one of his last performances. That's so I'm glad to see him in one of his greatest movies. Cool, he's in this movie. That's, that's one of the actually <laughs> good funny bit uh, about this about this movie is is uh, Raymond uh, Raymond Burr's character in the American ones is called uh, Steve Martin, and uh, yes, in the yeah 1954 one he's Steve Martin, mm-hmm. but in the 1984 one he's either Steve or Mister Martin because you know mm-hmm. yeah. Steve Martin was or King Tut. Or yeah, yeah, that was the problem. There's a joke I heard somewhere about how uh, Steve Martin should be in a Godzilla movie, and his name should be Raymond Burr, which <laughs> obviously is true. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, my my uh, practice word was also him because <laughs> I, I already not Steve Martin. <laughs> no, no, no. The yeah, the guy uh, looting the food and stuff. But I had already had him like as a high consideration for practice award with that stuff. But then later, when they're trying to get down from the building and they're like, "Can you help us?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. Like no totally. second thoughts, and like he's staying around, putting himself in danger, just being like, "Yeah, I'll help you." Like it was just came natural to him. That that was awesome. And he didn't even care that holding the bottom of the fire hose does nothing and there's yeah. no reason to do <laughs> That's it. Nothing. I he was wondering, like, I guess it makes him move around less so it's a little bit easier, but like, not to any degree I think would matter when you're trying to escape with your life. <laughs> yeah. What a guy. Yeah. What a guy. Was that your guy too? Yeah, Photo? yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just love that we have a movie where people like defy the military to like bring two people together against like censorship. We have one where like we have all this these beautiful moments, and it was for all of us the guy looting the, the rich I'm a, place. I've it's been amazing. a food justice guy for like a long time, and like it's just there you go. it's just cool to see like this guy who's like this fancy shit is all going to go to waste. You know what? Yeah. We should do something about totally. that. Totally. Yeah, I I love how he's like. Sitting down, and he's like, "Wait, this alcohol is too cheap. I'm not young anymore. I'm gonna go find the good stuff." Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Yeah, hell yeah! Who's got some favorite shots to share? You know, you do. <laughs> you do. One of those you. shots where, uh, like, when the sky was turning red, um, after yeah. the bombs went off, and Godzilla got his 
nuclear energy back. What a lucky boy. Um, Hell yeah. That was, I thought those were, were really nice looking. Yeah, that was, that was one of my two shots. Uh, I think it was like one of the first shots um, after the nuke goes off and the sky is just completely orange. And then there's a faraway shot of Godzilla, you know, sleeping like in this fucking, with his head in this fucking building that he's, his body's destroyed. And then the Super X just kind of floating there on the other side of the screen. Um, just like, monitoring Godzilla. That was a really awesome shot. And besides that, I mean, no specific shot, but that 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 whole sequence of uh, um, the reporter guy going on the ship in the beginning, like, like it was a really well done kind of horror scene where he's just like going through this uh, fucking spooky ass abandoned ship, and then he like he finds that corpse, and it's just a really great looking corpse. And then he he finds all these other corpses, and there's that that monster that's. Uh, kind of there that sneaks up on him. I thought that, that that whole sequence was, we're talking about shots, so it, 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 it looks great and effective and fantastic. I loved it as a horror fan. I really liked how they used colored lights to set the mood that like had no reason to be there. Like there was a purple light and a green light and it was like, who cares what the source of that light is? It made it feel spooky and cool. I, that was yeah. really cool. My shots are, I liked when he shot the planes out of the air and was standing in the water and two planes were just on fire going towards the air. That's the best that effect has ever looked in these movies yet. I liked when he shoots the line of tanks and they all blow up and the guy's on fire and then there's smoldering rubble. Fucking sick. And there were just some awesome burning city with people running scenes. Some of the best shots in the city where it didn't look like they were on a soundstage were these like gnarled beams and shit with fire and people running and Godzilla in the background. There were some there were some good ones in there. All right. Uh, how are we going to rate this, folks? I'm going to go last. We try to do the, the best rating last. Uh, we do S, S uh, to I'm F. I'm pretty sure second's the best. Uh, I, I'm a, I. This is like a C. This is a cool C movie. It's not like terrible. It's not great. It's, uh, I've I've probably you know I've seen this one like a bunch of times, both versions, and um, it like holds kind of a, a nice place in my heart. But like this watch through, it just it didn't it didn't hold up, especially after really like thinking about how much heart some of those those other ones had some of the earlier ones rather um yeah i think i'm gonna give it a high c and i'm not talking about giving it the drink a high c do high does this still exist i don't think i do anymore um for all our young listeners high c used to be a pretty good uh, <laughs> kid kind of like box fruit punch type of drink um and there is the best was the ecto ecto cooler um Ghostbuster themed uh, flavor. Ago, brother. Oh, so good. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, hi, C. I, I like I said earlier, like I don't. My rewatch I was not in the best of spirits going into it, so maybe that flavored it. Maybe that would change my rating on further watches. Um, but ultimately, those first couple scenes give me a horror fan hopes or something that this movie ultimately isn't let's down on and the um the story itself just wasn't 
well, there's some cool points it's trying to raise. It didn't really sell itself uh, itself enough for me to uh, fully enjoy it. Right on. Uh, I'm giving this one an S. Wow. Y'all, y'all are fools. An X. This is this is S. This is like I can't decide where in my top four this is, but it's either second, third, or fourth. Um, wow. Fucking Godzilla has never had higher stakes. It has never mattered more. It has never been Godzilla y like this since the first one. And the only one I'm sure is better than it is the original. Wow. Uh, oh. And. No, I'm going to finish your Well, I didn't shake my head during your <laughs> shitty ratings. Jesus. I, I, no, <laughs> no. Groaning I, over here. Bardo's going to cut out all the groans. It sounds like I'm crazy. <laughs> I want to. Uh, Jump in when you're done. Um, sorry, I wasn't trying to shake my head. I was. Oh, it wasn't Knows you, me. don't worry. Oh, uh, oh that guy. Nah, that guy. Yeah, I don't know. I think this movie represents Godzilla better than most Godzilla movies. Uh, I love monster fights, but nowhere close to to this stuff. So, great movie. Not for uh, everyone. Fair. I don't think it's bad. I'm sorry I, for shaking my head. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> And for groaning, groan? Barto. Barto. I don't think you I said. Groan. I heard. Uh, uh. You said. I sat Wah. quietly and nodded and went, "Uh huh," as you all gave it bullshit ratings. Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> your camera's I, out, I so I can't wanna... see what you're doing, and it also makes me think you can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> and <laughs> I, Charlie, were you trying to say something? I, yeah, I want to add on to what I was saying about my rating. I was really highly anticipating this, so I feel like maybe that kind of contributed to my negative viewing of it. Um, I I really thought this was going to be one of my top four Godzilla movies, and so I was like really, really looking forward to it. And then, like I said, that first scene got me really excited, and so I think maybe... Um, my disappointment of it was magnified, which would have hurt my ultimate enjoyment of it. I also, I think I had the opposite thing where I remembered it being mid. Like, I had it rated high when I watched it, but as time went on, I kept putting it lower and lower on my ranking, so I was ready to be disappointed. So, you know, mm-hmm. everything's like that. With that in mind, Charlie, having not seen Biolante, just know that most people or a lot of people consider Biolante very overrated and don't go in thinking it will be excellent. Uh, just go in with that. That's, and then you'll see where you come out. That's like the single Godzilla movie I've been most excited for other than Exactly. Than like, hetero. don't do that to yourself. <laughs> it's fun, but don't do that to yourself. Trust me. Trust me. Fucking rules. I'm fucking jazzed. <laughs> uh, sweet. All right. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Um, the the next time that we're together, we're going to be watching the 2022 movie Nope because it won by 1% okay. on our Twitter poll. To be fair, 10 minutes before the poll closed, I texted one of my friends and told him to vote for the host, and he didn't get that text in time to vote. So maybe we should reconsider the results of the poll. <laughs> Anyway, we abide by all polls, which is why you should follow us on Twitter at NoGodsPod so you can have a hand in deciding what we watch. 
Uh, you can also follow us on Blue Sky at No Gods Pod. You can email us, nogodspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on podcast apps where we hope that you will give us a good rating. We don't get very many ratings. What are y'all doing? Just do it. Yeah. Um, and if you want to... What? Uh, I'm just saying, like... I know we've gotten some more listeners in the past couple of months. Um, we don't have a lot of ratings or reviews on Apple. And, um, you know, it, it, it helps us. So it would be nice if you, if you did that. We put a lot of work in this podcast. So it would be. Truer easy. words, man. Truer words. It would be very uh, nice. And, if, and thank you to everyone who has done an awesome rating. There's some really nice ones mm-hmm. on there. Uh, and if you want to support the show, you should loot stuff from a super fancy place and give it to people and have some for yourself. Treat yourself. 